With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind. A mastermind. Get ready for the fantasy football mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is November 10th, and it's a one week beyond the election. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that's over. Anyway, uh, we are in entering week 10 of the 2020 NFL season. My name is Michael Nazarak, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found on the web at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my very good friend and very experienced fantasy player and writer and extraordinaire, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Very well, sir. Thank you. Like you said, it's week 10. It's hard to believe. I mean, it seems like with as long as 2020 has taken, the 2020 season is just flying by like every fantasy football season does. And before you know it, you're coming up with your trade deadline. You're getting crunch time in your regular season, getting ready for the fantasy playoffs. And then it's over. And it's, and it's wow, it's just amazing how fast it goes. It is it is pretty amazing. We're less than two months away from the end of the regular season, uh, and then uh, another month or so uh, to go to the Super Bowl. And uh, you know they're planning on having fans in Tampa in the stadium. Uh, hope everything uh, you know gets better. Has, you know turns around. Uh, the COVID is rearing its ugly head in a big way right now. Everyone stay safe out there. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Social distance. All that's good stuff. Anyway, let's get right to the big uh, the news of the week. Uh, it's kind of a little bit light on the news, so we're going to talk some fantasy tips and such. But uh, Big Ben uh, in, in Pittsburgh, uh, well, first of all, we talked about uh, kind of had a minor knee injury and such uh, at the end of the first half against Dallas. Looked like he was going to be able to play this week. And then all of a sudden, whoop, Vance McDonald, the tight end, uh, backup tight end there, uh, got uh, tested positive for COVID. And guess who sat next to Vance on the plane home? It was Big Ben, and now he's on the COVID list. And much like uh, Matthew Stafford from last week got close contact, didn't practice at all, stayed away from the team and his family the entire week. Big Ben's going to have to do the same thing in order to play this week. Uh, fantasy impact here, Chris. Uh, if, you, if you're a Big Ben owner, you 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 got to make sure you get an alternative, right? Absolutely. And it's already a rough week with, with being four teams on by some big-name quarterbacks already, Ryan, Mahomes. So there's not a lot of great options out there. We're going to talk about some that – when we get to the picks to click and flick, which might be available on your waiver wire or for trade pretty cheap. But, yeah, you definitely want to make sure you have a backup. I think you definitely want to have a backup anyway at any time of year. Some guys only like to carry one quarterback or one tight end or, 
you, you got to have it going into the playoffs, especially this year uh, with COVID when you could lose a guy on short notice, even on a Saturday. So, so yeah, go, go get somebody that's good. And I would, I'm not too concerned because Big Ben has been a real outspoken advocate of wearing masks and social distancing. So he's being really cautious. I'm sure this is the whole abundance of caution thing, which the NFL has done. And I think it's going to be much like the Matthew Stafford thing last week. He's going to test positive through the rest of this week and he'll be good to go, but you can't bank on that because there's putting in Mason Rudolph or, or uh, duck Hodges is not going to give you the same as big Ben. So you can't just grab his backup and stash him just in case you need to have another NFL starter ready to go. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention to you. They are playing the Cincinnati Bengals, so they get a little bit of a break there. Is Mason Rudolph to be considered at all, unless you're like in a 16-team league? Uh, I can't say it. I would. There's other guys probably available low on your waiver wire that I would consider first. I mean, I would even consider a guy like Alex Smith, who's probably available, especially considering the matchup this week against the Lions. Um, a, a guy like maybe a Nick Foles, some, someone like that is I think a better bet than, than a Mason Rudolph, even though he knows the guys, he knows the offense, he's got a good opponent. He's just not going to be that intimidating um, uh, of a passer like you would get from a, a more seasoned pro like an Alex Smith or even a Phillip Rivers who might be available on your waiver wire. You could pop, you'd have to play him Thursday night, though, which is kind of a downside. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Because uh, Mason Rudolph, uh, even though he's back up there, he's not been getting reps of the first team now. He will this week. But there's a big difference between playing in the game and game speed action rather than just getting reps in practice. Anyway, let's move to another uh, 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 guy that's uh, questionable to play this week. David Montgomery coming off a concussion. Uh, he's uncertain to play. And they got Cordero Patterson there. He's kind of a running back. Uh, what, what do you think the Bears are going to do if um, – I mean, he's a wide receiver. So what, what, what do you think they're going to do at running back if David Montgomery can't go in this game? I think you, you hit it on the head. They said Ryan Nall was going to be their starter, but I think you're right. Corderell Patterson will probably get some more run back there uh, in the backfield. Um, realistically, I think that Matt Nagy might return to his, his roots and kind of use that short control passing game with Nick Foles, and they're really starting to get some more, uh, some more confidence in their young receivers, Miller and Mooney, out on the outside. Obviously, you've got uh, Allen Robinson. You use a lot of wide receiver screens, so – I think they're just going to pass a little bit more. That's a that's a big loss if you lose David Montgomery. Not that he's having that great of a year, but he's a valid threat in the run game that you're just not going to have with Ryan Nall or Corderell Patterson. Yeah, you're you're looking at I'm looking at their Ryan Nall caught four passes. He did score, but he had no runs. Uh, so they might they might end up just uh, throwing the ball almost on every down. But you know, lately with the uh, you know with uh, with the, the the situation there where they've been trailing in these games, they've been th- throwing a lot in the second halves anyway, uh, not getting much uh, run on, on there. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the, the fantasy trading deadline. I believe most leagues have a deadline. Uh, if it's not already happened, it's going to happen either this week or next week, week 10 or 11, usually it's around there. I think at latest maybe week 12, but usually week 10, 11, something like that. So what what are some of the tr- tips uh, – Chris, for that uh, fantasy owners that that need to boost their lineup, their roster, what do they, what they should they be looking for? Uh, other than the elite stud, uh, you know, players that people don't want to usually trade, what's the best way to go on about trying to in, increase your uh, your production on your team via trade right now? Well, one of the things that a lot of people don't tend to look at is they don't look at their depth. We just mentioned it earlier. You need to have more depth this year than you probably had in previous years. You don't need to have, obviously, you're not going to get 
five first-round caliber running backs on your roster. But you need to have guys that, if you need to, if you lose someone for COVID, you can pop in at the last minute. Sometimes that's a handcuff, a Tony Pollard for a Zeke Elliott, you know, should Dallas' offense actually be running right. Tony Pollard you could put in and get, you know, solid production. Obviously, an Alexander Madison. Try to make trades. If you've got one of those studs, uh, running back in particular, that if there's a clear backup that could produce, you want to get him. A Duke Johnson this week may be a play for David Johnson. Um, you, you saw what he did last week, uh, subbing in. Yep. So you definitely want to look at your at your depth and of your overall roster and make sure you're covered for these things. Especially this year, we've got a week 13, two big teams in a week 13 mic, Carolina and Tampa Bay. That's going to be crunch time to get you into the playoffs maybe. You may be losing a Tom Brady, a Mike Evans, uh, a Christian McCaffrey. So you need to make sure mm-hmm. you have the ability to, to field a, a good starting lineup in that week if you need it. That's the first thing. Um, the second yep. thing I like Speak. to think about is, is look, for the, look for the fantasy playoffs. Look at the matchup. That's a huge difference. You know, right now, again, assuming that Ezekiel Elliott wasn't struggling right now, he's got a really tough ro- uh, set of opponents in weeks 14 through 16. And the Derrick Henry has cake one. So if everything was going well, you know, Ezekiel Elliott would be a much more, would be probably a more valuable player than Derrick Henry. You could trade those guys straight up and come out ahead. You don't want to do that if you have to struggle to make the playoffs. But if you're pretty confident you're going to be in, then you look for the playoffs. Otherwise, you look for those last three weeks of your regular season and the matchups and try to trade guys that are otherwise equal, maybe give a little bit away for a guy that's got a better matchup if that's the kind of uh, – if, if they're both roughly equivalent, you might be able to get something that could help you get over the hump, either, again, in weeks 11, 12, 13, or weeks 14, 15, 16. Okay. Uh, also, what about picking up players this time of year? Uh, if you're trying to tweak your roster for the playoffs, let's say you really don't have a hole, and, uh, but, you know, there are certain players out there that might be uh, look really good this week because of a really great matchup, but long-term might not have much appeal. And there are other players that, well, maybe he has a bye this week or whatnot. Uh, what should uh, fantasy owners be making a priority in terms of whether to pick up somebody for the short-term or for the long-term for, uh, for the playoffs? Call sometimes because I was in that same situation as several of my leagues this week. There were some guys that were inexplicably cut or that just came off an injury, and suddenly they're available. And it's like, boy, not only is that guy available, uh, but he's got a great matchup this week. Or, or sometimes even another level, my opponent either this week or the guy I'm facing or, or right up next to in the standing needs that guy, and I can do a defensive maneuver and take him. But the only guy I could drop is somebody who has got these ridiculous playoff matchups, and I'm, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to make the playoffs. You got to really make that tough call. What, how badly do you need this week versus how badly are you likely to need help three or four weeks down the road when you don't know you might have you know injury issues that haven't arisen yet over the next three or four weeks? So I'm usually a little bit more conservative. I, you know, maybe it's a little bit of arrogance. I tend to think that I'm going to make the playoffs all the time, <laughs> so I, I mm-hmm. tend to focus more on the long term than the short term. But you definitely want to scour the waiver wire you know, deeply every week, even if you've got a really deep, solid roster, because there might be those nuggets where you can say, yeah, I can afford to give that guy up because this guy is so good for the next three weeks or has been so good that I really need to do it or I really need this backup rather than this other guy. So, again, it's a very specific case-by-case depending on what your team is. Me personally, I tend to look more long-term because I'm going to assume – that I'm going to be progressing towards the playoffs or into the playoffs. And 
and and I want to make sure that I don't short myself then by looking at a guy now who might not be, even be a factor three weeks from now. Yeah, I'd say that if you're like four and five or five and four, you're probably playing for now. You need to win this week and next week to get uh, possibly make the playoffs. But if you're seven and two, eight and one, or even nine and zero, oh, congratulations to you. Uh, then you can uh, rest assuredly look more long term because if you lose one game, it's not going to knock you out of the playoff chase. Uh, but you make good points there. Okay, we want to remind everyone that we have a, com- a comprehensive list of uh, I- injuries over at ffmastermind.com. Let's just go through some of the, the bigger names here. Uh, the, the top one, first of all, there weren't any uh, real quarterbacks out other than Big Ben, his issue, this week. So we jump right to Christian McCaffrey, uh, comes off, uh, puts up a 37-point uh, PPR game, uh, and then, of course, injured his shoulder at the end of the game. He's day-to-day. We're going to see if he practices tomorrow. Uh, obviously, if you've got Mike Davis and Christian McCaffrey, you're set. If you don't, uh, and I, I, I am in that situation where I've got McCaffrey, um, I made a pitch in a trade to try and trade my third quarterback for uh, Mike Davis. Unfortunately, the, the guy that I was trying to trade him for um, didn't, didn't uh, take me up on that offer. But this is the type of thing that you should be doing looking long-term because we don't know exactly how many games or how much time Christian McCaffrey will miss. And uh, hopefully it won't if you're a McCaffrey owner. But if you don't have Mike Davis, you have a need right there. Uh, moving on over to um, Cincinnati, Joe Mixon, his foot coming off that bye. We're going to find out tomorrow if he's going to practice and if he's going to be available this week. Here's another guy to note is Giovanni Bernardo, of course. He's been uh, fantastic in the two games that Mixon has missed. So if you've got both of them, and I do in a couple of my teams, uh, then I'm fortunate in that regard too. Miles Sanders with the knee, uh, coming off that bye. It looks like he's likely to play. We'll see if he practices later this week. Um, Things are looking a little bit better, but it's still uncertain for Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde over in Seattle with the foot and the hamstring injuries, uh, respectively. Pete Carroll was hoping that Chris would uh, be able to run on that on that foot last Friday and they would look at it over the weekend. Uh-uh. Nope, didn't happen. So uh, they, they gave him the rest of the weekend off to, to rest, and hopefully he'll g- get back on the practice field sometime this week and hopefully play. They really uh, need him. They've got uh, Travis Homer there, DJ Dallas. It's a, it's a big mess right now. Uh, moving on over to Arizona, Canyon Drake. He's still day-to-day with that ankle injury. Missed last week. Uh, Chase Edmonds did it was a solid game, but of course the big story there is Kyler Murray's playing like Lamar Jackson did last year, and it's just crazy. He's just taken over the entire game. Uh, we already mentioned David Johnson with a concussion. It's Duke Johnson there. Uh, be prepared to play Duke if David sits. Justin Jackson injured his knee early, very early, in the third uh, snap of this past week's game, and Kalen Ballage came off the bench because Troy Main Pope, who they really liked, was suffered suffered a con- concussion. This is where you need to be careful, people. Uh, uh, Troy Main is still ahead of Ballage on the on the uh, on the roster. In fact, Ballage went back to the practice squad on Monday, so they're hoping that Pope can play, and he would probably be the the one to pair with Kelly this week if he's healthy. If he's not, if the concussion is not allowing him to play, then you would probably go back to Ballage. And, and a combination of Ballage and, and, and uh, Kelly. That's, of course, if Justin Jackson doesn't practice this week. So that's something to keep in mind there. Daryl Henderson uh, with the Rams, he's expected to play. That thigh injury uh, suffered uh, in the middle of the game two weeks ago. He's coming off that bye. Uh, the 49ers are still hoping Tevin Coleman with that knee will be able to play this week. We'll see. Same issue issue with the high ankle sprain of uh, Mark Ingram over in Baltimore. Otherwise, it's Gus Edwards who's scored uh, two or three weeks in a row now. So uh, he's a good uh, option to have. Devonta Freeman with the ankle, he would look like he was close. He practiced a little bit for the Giants, but no, he didn't go last week. So we'll see if he practices this week. And Matt Breida in Miami, uh, Salvan Ahmed, 
uh, shared time with Jordan Howard in the backfield, the, uh, and Patrick Laird was a pass-catching back. It was one big mess. They're hoping that Brida can play so he can actually come on in. Uh, of course, Miles Gaskin is on the IR with the knee injury. Moving to wide receiver real quick, A.J. Brown with the knee. He sat on Monday, practiced on Tuesday, so it looks like he's good to go for Thursday night's game. They've been giving him a, gay, a day off each week uh, you know, because of that knee. Kenny Galladay still hip-to-hip with the week. We'll see, uh, I'm sorry, week-to-week with the hip. We'll see if he practices later this week. Preston Williams with a foot in Miami is sad and uncertain. We'll see if he can practice. Same thing with LaVisca Chanel in Jacksonville with the hamstring. And uh, is there an update on T.Y. Hilton, uh, Chris? Is he going to play Thursday night? He's practiced fully two days in a row now with that groin injury. Yeah, it sounds like he's going to, uh, I, unless there's some regression that happens between now and Thursday. I think he's definitely on track to play. Okay. We'll see. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey with the calf in uh, Philly uh, coming off that bye. They said he's gonna, likely going to play, and I've been holding on to him in one of my dynasty leagues and uh, because I don't want to let him go see, see what he, if he can do anything, and uh, hopefully we'll be get to see, and, uh, see him up close and, and play against the Giants this week. Uh, Noah Fant with the ankle kind of lipped off the field last week. He's uncertain. We'll see if he practices. And Austin Hooper coming off that appendectomy uh, and the bye. Uh, looks like he's uh, likely to play this week, and we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim. Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, people, visit us at ffmastermind.com. Lots of free stuff there, including daily uh, free NFL quick bits posted each day and updated all the time, uh, along with free in-season Sky scanner reports, including there will be a preview tomorrow on Wednesday uh, from uh, Chris on the Colts game on Thursday night with the Titans. Uh, weekly in-season newsletter still pumping those suckers out for our premium subscribers. It's discounted all the way down from $39.95 down to $14.95 mid-season sale. The price of a pizza, check it out, people, and uh, try us out. Uh, we hope to see you on the subscriber list. And, of course, follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind. Let's get to right to this week's picks to click and flick. Give me a couple of quarterbacks you like this week and why, Chris. A couple of guys that are probably especially considered for DFS or bye weeks. Um, I'll start with Nick Foles. I mean, I don't think they can run the ball, like we said earlier, especially with Montgomery out. Mooney and Miller are becoming valid targets. Uh, and when I look at what the Vikings have done on defense, uh, if you want to call it that, the 24 quarterback fantasy points they gave up last week to the Detroit quarterback is the fewest they've allowed since week three. They've allowed 320 yards per game to some classic slow pocket passers the last three games. So, And with the way the Vikes' offense is clicking, there's potential for another 50-attempt game for Foles uh, as they play catch-up as well. Foles has actually been decent, 300 yards per game, two touchdowns each of his last two games, uh, despite the overall bad offense and rumors of his benching. So I, I do like Foles to have a high-volume day. And then I like Phillip Rivers on Thursday night. Uh, the Colts' run game has sputtered a bit. And the Titans, frankly, are far easier to attack in the air than on the ground. They've allowed multiple touchdown passes, seven straight games, and allowed the second-most touchdowns in the league and fifth-most quarterback points, facing mostly, again, slow pocket passers so far. 
Uh, Rivers also has a great history against the AFC South. Six straight 300-yard games over the last two years, and nine of his last 11 games against the AFC South have multiple touchdowns. The two that don't were over 325 yards. With a short week, you attack the major holes and go with what's working. Okay. A couple of guys I like this week at quarterback, Jared Goff, coming off that bye. He gets the Seahawks this week, and they're still 32 against the pass. Uh, boy, it's going to be golf to Cup and golf to Woods and golf to Higby and golf to everyone in that game. And I think uh, Jared's going to have a fine game, so plug in, uh, plug him into your lineup if you need him. And Tua, Tua Tagovailoa uh, for Miami. Uh, boy, you know, he's getting better. He threw a couple touchdown passes this past week. It's only the beginning, people. Uh, the Chargers can be beaten that secondary, uh, and I think he's going to throw multiple scores this week. So if you need him, start him. Uh, on the uh, other side of the list, Cam Newton, uh, yeah, he looked good against the Jets. Well, he's playing the Ravens this week, so forget it. Uh, I don't think he's going to do much in this game. They're going to bottle him up. Uh, be very careful there. If you got a better option, take it. And Joe Burrow, he might end up throwing some a lot of garbage time uh, passes here. Uh, hopefully he'll do get up over 200 yards, I think. But it is a tough matchup against Pittsburgh. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the rookie attacks that uh, number one ranked defense. Uh, and, and if you've got a better option, take it. How about a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Uh, I don't really like Kirk Cousins this week. I mean, the Bears have allowed the most rushing attempts to running backs, and Dalvin Cook is on fire, So and they've allowed the fewest quarterback fantasy points. So how would you attack Chicago if you were Zimmer? I mean, Cousins is probably going to be another low-volume game. He's averaged only 209 yards per game in three games versus the Bears as a Viking, and he's been below 250 in 11 of his 14 career divisional games while a Viking. So you look at his performance on the road, too, only six touchdowns in his last seven road games and under 200 yards per game in his last five. Real low ceiling for Kirk Cousins. And then I don't like Teddy Bridgewater this week. Uh, The Panthers had a great offensive day against Tampa in week two, but that was with a healthy McCaffrey. Uh, No one's top 300 yards passing since that day against Tampa, and the Bucs have been a much better pass defense on the road so far. You can't also forget that they were embarrassed on national TV the other night. They need this win. You know they're going to come up strong, and I think Teddy B is going to pay the price for this one. And, you know, for all the hype he's had this year, he's barely 21 points per game, and he's been under 17 points in half of his games. I think this is another one. He's going to be under 17. Okay, how about a couple of running backs you like and why? Well, I love the rookie James Robinson. I mean, he's quietly become an every-week starter. He's number five in points per game uh, right now. He's a volume-driven guy that has seen his touches stay high regardless of opponent or game script. And this week he's facing a Green Bay team that has allowed the most rushing touchdowns and the second most receiving touchdowns to running backs. And workhorse backs have scored two or more times, five separate times against them already this year. J-Rob's averaging 20 touches a game, and every running back to touch it 17 times or more against Green Bay this year has averaged over 140 total yards and more than two touchdowns. So he's a good bet to have a big game. And I like Nick Chubb coming off the injury this week. He's looked great in his first workout so far. I'm pretty sure he's going to be activated before this week. And even if they limit his touches, he should do enough in a timeshare with Hunt to be a solid running back two at least with strong upside to his touchdown potential. Um, I look for a fresh Chubb to do some serious damage against this demoralized defense. Uh, you know, don't forget he averaged nearly 20 PPR points per game before getting hurt, you know, so he, he's ready to go. 
Okay. A couple of guys I like this week, Antonio Gibson. I know last week it was a lot of McKissick, and McKissick is still going to remain a part of that offense, a big part of it in the passing game. Well, they're playing the Lions this week, so I think they're going to be able to run, and Gibson's still the starter. We'll see most of the, the rushing yards in this game, and I think he's going to score. So if you got Gibson, don't worry about what happened last week. Start him this week, and uh, you know you won't have to worry about it. Uh, Leonard Fournette, Tampa Bay. I know he's going to rack up the yards and a score on the Panthers. Panthers' uh, pass defense is not bad. Their run defense absolutely sucks. And uh, Ronald Jones has been starting in this game, but if Fournette gets in the game, Ronald Jones has been making mistakes, fumbling the ball and such, turning it over, dropping passes. I think Fournette's going to run, run, run in the fourth quarter in this game, rack up the yards and score. So if you got him, stick with him. He's been very solid the last three games. Uh, on the flip side, Joe Mixon, foot injury plus Steelers run defense, equal caution play. So if you have him, and you're probably going to start him if he starts – uh, it might actually be better if he just sits another week and Bernard plays and Bernard can catch more passes, do more in the passing game there, actually probably get more more points. We'll see if Joe actually plays. And Derrick Henry, uh, just lower your expectations against a very good Colts run defense. You're going to start him, but uh, hopefully he'll do a little bit better than the 68 yards that he got last week with no no catches. So, you know, that's that's how that goes. Uh, but, you know, you've got to take the good with the bad. Mostly good. It's not going to be so good this week. You just – Stick him in the lineup and pray. Okay, how about a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Yeah, that's a good call on Mixon because I have that in Mixon in my league. And if Mixon starts, I'm not starting him. But if Bernard starts and Mixon's out, I am starting Bernard. So I like the way you're thinking there. Yep. Uh, a couple of guys that yep. I don't like. I don't like Damian Harris this week. The obvious black mark against him is the Ravens defense across, <laughs> across the line from him. But I actually wonder more about his continued dominance of backfield touches. Play a game with Sony Michelle active, and he might be active this week. Uh, also, Harris has had at least four different injuries already, and he's at least third in line for goal line touches behind uh, Cam Newton and Rex Burkhead and maybe Michelle as well uh, with him back. So just a hunch that Harris goes back into much more of a timeshare and a reduced piece of a really brutal pie this week sounds less than appetizing. And I don't like Daryl Henderson this week. Uh, for all the points and yards allowed by the Seattle defense, the one thing they've done is not allow rushing yards to running backs. They've allowed the third fewest yards per game on a par with Indy and Tampa, and actually better than Baltimore and Pittsburgh. So with the pass-centric game plan, like you had mentioned with Goff, volume should be low, and Henderson's not a factor in the passing game. He is coming off a little thigh injury, and with a bye week to get rookie Cam Akers a little more up to speed, I think his share of a three-headed RBBC could be reduced a little bit this week. Yeah, I like that call on uh, Damian Harris. He suffered a uh, what looked to be possible chest contusion late in that game on Monday night, so I would not be surprised if – Maybe they give him the week off and activate Michelle if he's if he's uh, healthy and he's going to be an RBBC there with Burkhead playing well too. Okay, how about a couple of wide receivers you like and why, Chris? Uh, I love Brandon Cooks. I've been you know banging the drum for him all year and he's really come around recently. He's averaging 10 targets a game and 21 PPR points per game since Romeo Cornell took over. He's also scored in three of those last four games. Uh, he faces a Cleveland team that's allowed the third most wide receiver touchdowns, the fourth most receptions, and the fifth most fantasy points. Curiously also, Tyler Boyd's the only wide receiver one that has scored a touchdown against him. He's done it each time they played, while the number two and three targets have scored 11 times already, and that's what Cooks is. So I think he stays hot this week in a potential shootout. And I like Jalen Rager this week. He's coming straight off the IR the other week. He had as many targets as, as Travis Fulgham. He had a touchdown and a two-pointer as well in that first game. I think he could easily become a favorite target of Wentz and after a bye to get more healthy and more prepared. He gets a Giants defense that's been burned by the long ball and by wide receivers in general for the fourth most yards and the third most catches. I think also for leagues that reward return yards, he's supposedly going to start returning punts this week as well. 
Okay. Uh, what's interesting about this is that uh, you and I had a discussion about Cooks and Fuller, and uh, both of them had a real stinker game where they didn't do anything. But uh, other than that, they both done fairly well. Uh, Cooks is averaging 13.2 PPR, and, and Fuller is 16.3. So I think I have a little bit of an edge there. We'll see what happens the rest of the season. I guess I'm keeping an eye on that. Anyway, uh, a couple of uh, wide receivers that I like this week, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, uh, for obvious reasons, because if you've got golf, then you're going to be playing them against the Seahawks. Both could score this week. And I think with OBJ, Jarvis Landry is good to go. Hello, Houston. Yeah, the Texans couldn't stop. Jake Luton from throwing touchdowns to a Chark uh, last week. So I think Landry's going to score in this game. So I'm definitely going to uh, go ahead and start him. I, in fact, I've got him on a couple of my teams. I need him as a flex. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, A.J. Green. Uh, I don't think he's going to get much against the Steelers. He's kind of falling behind everybody, maybe even behind Auden Tate. And that. And Corey Davis last week, uh, yeah, I, uh, I said that it was A.J. Brown that would not do well. Well, it was actually Corey Davis. And he's got another tough matchup against the Colts. Uh, you know, so I'm actually having to start Corey Davis almost out of a necessity, but I just don't think he's going to have a very good game. Hopefully I'm wrong there. Uh, how about a couple wide receivers you're not crazy about and why, Chris? I flicked Corey Davis last week. So. <laughs> oh, you you uh, flicked him. Yes, you did. Yes, yes you I called did. that one right. I flicked A.J. Brown, so <laughs> right. you got one there. Brown. Speaking of Brown, I'm flicking Marquise Brown this week. And the Patriots secondary uh, had a rough start, but they've been back. You know, they didn't look so good the other night, but it was Stephon Gilmore's replacement that got burned for two touchdowns. Other than that, they only—they only, gave up six wide receiver touchdowns to uh, Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes, but only three in the other six games combined. Again, two of them last night. A low-volume passing offense and one likely to use the tight end instead of the receiver. I don't see a high chance of Brown getting a big number here. The Pats have really limited receptions to receivers. And I don't like Darius Slayton this week. Um, Ever since he exploded on the Eagles the first time they met last year, they have totally focused on him. He had nine targets, but a season-low PPR points in week 17 last year against the Eagles. And then they held him to a season-low four PPR points just a few weeks ago. Uh, Shepard has out-targeted him by twofold and outpointed him threefold in the last three weeks since coming off injury. I expect another possible low floor game for for, uh, Slayton here. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. We got him in uh, one of the um, – myself and Steve Yerger, the IDP guy uh, for my site. Uh, We have uh, Slayton there, and, you know, if we started uh, Samuel over Slayton last week, we would have won. Yeah, it was kind of not a smart decision. Anyway, uh, how about a couple of tight ends you like and why? Uh, Speaking of that same game, I really like Evan Ingram this week to pick up the slack for the Giants. The Eagles have allowed seven tight ends to have five catches and or a touchdown already this year, including Ingram just a few weeks ago. They've allowed the second most catches and the fourth most PPR points per game. Ingram himself has three straight games with nine or more targets and 10 or more PPR points. And he's had several touchdowns called back on penalties. I think he could have a big game here. And then second week in a row, I like Herb Smith. Uh, Chicago's allowed the third most tight end receptions and the third most touchdowns, three straight games allowing a score. Uh, Smith has double-digit PPR points, three of his last four games. And Chicago has allowed 14-plus PPR points to the position in six of their eight games. I say Smith stays hot and finds pay dirt again this week. Okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Uh, Eric Ebron, 
He's been scoring pretty much almost every week. He plays the Bengals this week. I think he's going to score again. So if you need him, start him. And uh, Robert Tanyan, up, down, up, down, up, down. Well, he was down last week. They played the Jaguars, and they've given up eight tight end scores. So something just tells me that uh, Robert's going to find the end zone this week. So if you need him, go ahead and start him. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, Jonu Smith. Boy, uh, last week uh, he, he was basically shut out until the very end of the game, caught a couple short passes. One of them was a score. And the Colts have yet to give up a tight end score in 2020, so I'd be careful about uh, Jonu Smith. And the same also goes for Drew Sample in Cincinnati. He's probably very easy to bench this week because you probably don't even think about starting him. But if you are, the Steelers have also yet to allow uh, have allowed just one tight end to score in uh, one tight end score in 2020. So I would sit Drew Sample. How about a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about, and why, Chris? Guys, it's hard to bench. Mark Andrews, uh, the Patriots have allowed the fewest tight end receptions and have only allowed one touchdown to a tight end so far as well. And, you know, I mentioned Andrews, very touchdown dependent, a poor PPR prospect. He's had five of eight games under six PPR points. Um, You know, you may not realize that Andrews has been the 35th ranked PPR tight end over the last four weeks. He's a major caution play for me. And then, uh, you know, even though the ball is going to be in the air a lot for the Rams, I don't like Tyler Higby this week. Uh, I think he's been overrated all year, 20 in every tight end receiving stat. And aside from that weird three-touchdown game in week two, he's never topped three catches or eight-and-a-half PPR points. And this week he faces the Seattle team that has allowed the second-fewest receptions and yards and their first tight end touchdown just in the last two weeks. So don't remember how he did at the end of last year. Look at what he's doing now. It's not good. Yeah, I agree with you there. How about a one-hit wonders, a kicker, and defense for the week? A couple of guys with some great history here. I like Chris Boswell uh, for the Steelers. He's averaging 11 standard points per game in nine career games against Cincinnati, and he had his season high in standard points kicking. Three of his five seasons was the game against Cincinnati, so I think he's going to have another big game here. And then I like Tyrell Santos. He's averaging 10 points per game in his last five and Minnesota allows the most points per game to kickers and the second most attempts per game, so he should have a great chance on Monday night. A couple of defenses, I like the G-men against the Eagles. The Eagles have allowed the most sacks and the second most turnovers, and fantasy defenses are scoring over 10 points per game in divisional games against them this year, so that that should be good. And like your Vegas boys over there as well, uh, Denver's allowing the most point per game to defenses and over nine points per game in the AFC West matchups over the last two years. Yep, go Raiders. <laughs> That's funny. They said, uh, oh, Raiders had this game in uh, in well in hand uh, with the Chargers. You know, they said, oh, you know, the, the, no problem. And I'm like, what, what, what are you looking at, man? They lost because the guy dropped the ball in the last play of the game. <laughs> so, hey, but yeah. the Raiders are 5-3, and three and they're looking for the playoffs right now. That's what's coming out of Vegas. But, you know, so go Raiders. Anyway, thank you for joining us. For Chris Riedel, this is Mike Nazarek. See you all next week when week number 11. Yep, we're getting into double digits, people, of the 2020 NFL season is previewed. Good night and good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarak, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.